so this morning we are really excited to have two young people in our church. Um, we did this a year ago where we love to invite two uh, a, a sons and daughters of our house who have been involved in the life of our church and um, from a very young age have been part of our church. And so um, what we, the, the reason that we like to do this is because Jason and I really do believe um, in raising up young leaders, in raising up um, leaders to give them opportunities to learn in the different spheres of the church. And um, both Ryan and Aaliyah, uh, are, we asked personally uh, to come and preach or share, whatever you want to call it this morning. Um, we really do want to help them and uh, encourage them to grow in their leadership. And so before I introduce them, what I want to ask of you today is to partner with us, to be a part of helping develop them to be the leaders that we believe that they have the potential to be in growing as they get older. And so that means that you're going to join us in encouraging them. And so if they're nervous, cheer them on. If they tell a really bad joke, laugh. If, uh, if uh, there is a, uh, a moment where God's word really speaks to you, Amen. Okay, let's really help them. Let's get on board in developing our young leaders. And so um, what we're going to do is Ryan's going to come up first and then Aaliyah, and I'll wrap up at the end. But let me introduce, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Ryan Kutsia is 25 years old. He has been part of our church since he was 12 and um, is now on full-time staff. He leads the production team. He did a year to serve in like an internship in 2017. Um, and uh, we've just recently asked him to lead our Novo Junior, which as you heard, starting on the 13th, which he's super excited about. And um, Ryan is just a really amazing young man who Jason and I have witnessed grow through all kinds of situations and trials. And then we've got Aaliyah Mahotsi, as Jason loves to say. Um, and Aaliyah has been, uh, is 23, been serving in our church since she was in grade nine, and um, has one of the most beautiful voices, if I may say so myself. Um, Aaliyah did a, a BA, uh, majoring with English and communication studies and psychology. Oh, I got it right. Because what do I know about university? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Aaliyah and Ryan are both um, core leaders of, our, of Novo. Um, Aaliyah also um, served on the stand worship team and serves in kids' church as a service manager. And so these two young people are really um, very much involved in the life of our church, and we want to see them develop and grow into all of the potential that God has for them. So as they each come up, won't you please stand and give a warm welcome to Ryan Kutsia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I must say, it is very strange seeing this side of your guys' faces. I'm used to seeing the back of your heads. You guys, oh, brush your hair very nicely, I must say. Um, but thanks, Jason. You, Jason's a real one. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's just jump straight into it. So there's a slang term at the moment. Um, parents, you might have heard your, your child say it. Young people, I know you probably say it. I've said it at least three times. Uh, it's a very simple phrase. It's, I'm him. That's as simple as his own two words. I'm him. 
And uh, if you don't know what it means, here's a definition I found on the line. To be him is to be a dominant figure, a blooming flower in a garden full of weeds. It's a feeling of euphoric confidence, the type of disposition that only occurs when you leave your opposition cowering in fear. Super poetic. <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you see, being him is great. Um, there's even a whole psychological idea around something similar. Um, it's called self-actualization. And this is an idea just well, thought about by uh, a guy named Kurt Goldstein. And it's a concept regarding the process by which an individual reaches his or her full potential. The reason I gave the little intro is just so you can understand what I mean if I say I'm him at any point in the rest of the message. Um, so as you heard, uh, I was recently asked to lead our junior youth program starting the 13th of October with the family night. No, no, just come with. Uh, <laughs> anyways, this was something that, if I'm completely honest with, scared me a bunch. I was very scared. Um, in the moment when they asked me, I was calm and actually very excited about it. And then, you know, as it gets closer, the nerves come, and then the fear starts coming with it. <laughs> and one day on my way to work, I was driving and sitting in traffic, like you do every day, and um, I was listening to worship music and just praying, and I had a pretty real moment with God, where I asked him, hey God, this whole leading a junior youth thing, are you sure I'm him? Are you sure I'm that guy? Uh, to which I felt God say, like quite clearly, you're not, but I am. Um, and so, and then I was reminded of a scripture in Exodus 3 where God is talking to Moses, and, or Moses is talking to God, and Moses asks him, who should I say sent me? To which God again replies, tell them I am sent you. Yeah. You see, being him is great, but being his is so much better. Amen. When you are his, you have access to so much more. With God by your side, you realize that that mountain that you're standing in front of is just a molehill. That, fe that fear of failure turns into the warmth of peace. The feelings of un being, feeling unqualified starts to turn into the knowledge of, being, of knowing that you were created by someone who doesn't make mistakes. You were called by someone who doesn't make mistakes. The more time you spend with him, the more powerful you realize he is. He can form a baby in their mother's wombs and everyone else who's pregnant. <laughs> um, he can turn, he can, wait, what did I say? He can, <laughs> he can make water. We have the recipe. It's two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. We can't make it. It's as simple as making Oros, and we can't do it. <laughs> he has put the potential for a massive forest filled with even bigger trees in the smallest of seeds. Think about the community changing, the family changing, the school changing, potential he has put inside of you. I know there are days when we feel like we aren't him or her. Um, we feel like we aren't the person that's supposed to be doing this task or the job. I feel like I shouldn't be up here. I feel like I shouldn't be leading the production team or the junior youth team until I had to remember that I am has sent me and he has sent you too. I covered myself. Um, he put you in that job, in that uni, that family, and in that home. Yes, it's not easy. Yes, it may come with its troubles, but he never promised us that it'd be easy. He actually said the complete opposite. In John 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. James 1, 2, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, 
consider it an opportunity for great joy. See, God never promised us a life free of troubles, worries, and stress. But he did promise us that we're not going to go in there alone. We're not going to go through those moments alone. God is him. He is him. When you look at the definition again, it, it mentions having a euphoric confidence. I believe that this type of joyful confidence is only truly felt when you're in a relationship with Jesus. Um, being in a relationship with him is like winning a battle before it even begins. It's knowing that you're going to get through a situation not because of your talents, your strengths, your abilities, but because of his. Your strength is limitless. It has an end. God's strength is limitless. It doesn't have an end. <laughs> the struggle you're going through, let me encourage you with the fact that God is bigger than whatever you're going through. He has told us that while we may have struggles, we can have peace in knowing that he won't let us drown. We read it in scripture, we sing about it in worship, and we hear about it on Sundays. While Jesus was walking on water, he called Peter out, right? He wanted to show Peter and us that while we keep our eyes on him, we can walk above the storm that we are in. And it is only when Peter took his eyes off Jesus that he became, that he became overwhelmed by the storm that he was in. See, keeping your eyes on Jesus and being with him changes your perspective, it changes your heart, and it changes your attitude. When you feel like you are in over your head or you feel like you aren't being called to something and you feel like you're drowning, can I just encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus? Listen to it in the worship song. Sing about it. Encourage yourself with that. Read the word. It's there. Listen to podcasts. They're great. Um, and we don't always have to know how we're going to get through a situation. But I'm here. Aaliyah's here. The team are here. Um, everyone's testimonies in the congregation are here. This book is here uh, to encourage you that even though you don't know how, you know who. So we may not know how we're going to get through it, but we know who's going to get us through. A few months ago, I was in a, a very low place. And on the surface, I kind of had everything under control, as one does. And, uh, but deep down, I felt shut off. I felt empty. And I was doing the same routine, relying on things like gym to try and get me through everything. Um, but it was only when I hit rock bottom that I fully realized that I can't do this without him. I was trying to be this person that um, Jade, my mom, the church, my friends could rely on. Um, but I, my, to be honest with you, I couldn't talk to any of them. I couldn't go to anyone. I, I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone properly. And it's not because of them. They're great. I love them. It's not because of them. It's my own ego, frankly, my own wanting to be him. Uh, that was stopping me from, from actually sharing. And it was when I hit that rock bottom that I went to therapy and realized that I can't do this without God. I can't do his work without God. I can't be a loving boyfriend, a loving um, friend, child, servant of the house, a good employee without Jesus. Now, for my personality, routine is something that I can follow pretty easily. Um, I wake up, I shower, go to work, go to gym, go home, repeat. Uh, the time I get home is a little bit different, but, you know, you get the idea. And maybe something similar for you. You wake up, go to the have breakfast, go to the bus stop, go to uni, and go home, study, repeat. Go to wake up, go to school, go do sports, come home, repeat. Wake up, do sleep, repeat. Um, it can be very hard to live in this routine. It can be very hard to be in this routine. Like actually genuinely be a person, not just be a cog in a machine. 
And it's easy for trouble to get you in a routine because you can be predictable. And life can get tricky when your routine is disrupted. For example, if you go sock, shoe, sock, wait, sock, 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 shoe. No, sock, sock, shoe, shoe. I can speak, guys. <laughs> sock, sock, shoe, shoe. It, it helps if you look down, Owen. Okay, yeah. if you do that, and next tomorrow morning, go sock, shoe, sock, shoe, and just feel how wrong it feels. <laughs> and if you do that normally, there's prayer up front after the service. Just <laughs> someone will be willing to, to lay a blessing over your life. Uh, <laughs> but like I was saying, so life can be easily derailed. <clears throat> It can be, whether it's something health-wise, finance-wise, mentally, things that are completely out of your control, things can happen like that. But how do we remain hopeful, joyful, and peaceful? By, remain, by building our lives on the one who cannot be derailed. By speaking to the one daily, by speaking to the one who um, already knows what's going on in your life, but wants to hear you say it. He wants to hear it from you. Um, by speaking to the one who's gonna, who will turn every situation to the good of those who love him. Yeah, you don't have to know how you're going to get through something when you know who's going to get you through it. You don't have to know how you will get a place to stay, how you will pay for your uni fees, how you're going to put food on the table, how you're going to get a stable job, how anything's going to happen in your life when you know who's going to get you through it. Yeah. I'm up here today not because I'm perfect or I have my life together. I'm up here today to encourage you all to open your ears, your eyes, and your hearts to the Him who cannot be shaken, to make daily conversation with Him part of that rhythm, to build your life on a rock and not the sand. While preparing for this message, I got a picture of a boy in water. And funny story, when we were doing this with Aaliyah, she thought I was actually talking about a a child in the water, not (laughs) floaty, floaty thing. So... (laughs) <laughs> it's just a leader, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so the boy represents what we build our lives on, and the horizon is Jesus. Now watch what happens here. This is what the video plays. Okay, anyways. Yeah, there we go. See, notice how the boy isn't consistent. It isn't fixed, it's unpredictable. Finances, a good job, a degree, and routine is like that boy. It's present, but it isn't constant. Jesus is the horizon. No matter how much that boy goes through, that horizon stays exactly where it was. So as I wrap up, can I encourage you all to build your life, to not build your life on the things of this world. Don't don't base your life on your career, your finances, a degree, or things that are popular or trending. Those things come and go. They are like that boy, ever-changing, unpredictable. But rather build your life on the horizon. Build your life on Jesus. Don't build your life on the things of this world, but rather the Him who made it. Can we pray? Okay. I'd like to welcome up Leah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I didn't pray. Good morning, church. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I'll just get right into it. Um, so um, when Sue asked me um, to share, I was like, okay, cool. God, what am I going to share? And God was like, just share on what's happening currently in your life. And currently I'm in a season where everything is out of sorts, where it feels like everything and everyone is moving towards a tangible goal and I'm just standing there still. And if anything, it feels like God has left me alone. Um, so I recently came out of a long-term relationship, thought, oh, yes, I'm going to get married, hallelujah. And then God, I felt like a nudge from God saying, like, there wasn't anything that happened between the person I was in the relationship with, but I just felt from God, God saying, like, this is not something that I want you to be in anymore. And then I'm in a second internship that I, that's similar to what I did last year, but um, the internship has nothing to do with the degree that I studied in. And then this internship ends at the end of this year, and then after that, it's back to job hunting again. It's back to the beginning. And then I want to study next year because it sounds like the best next decision, but I'm too scared to commit to something because halfway, what if I don't like it? What if I don't enjoy it? Like what happened with my first degree? And then with this, I went to God screaming and shouting and be like, God, like, I'm all alone. Why does it feel like you've left me behind? And God gave me an answer. It wasn't an answer the way I wanted it to be, but I think it was the way God wanted it to be. And God gave me this vision. And it was the two of us, two sets of footsteps at the beach and just God and I just chilling, enjoying the sunset, just enjoying being in each other's presence. And then all of a sudden, the two sets of footsteps became one. And I was like, God, you see, like I said, I am all alone. There's only one footstep right there. And then God was like, no, look again. Look again at those footsteps. They're not yours. They are mine. I just glanced at the situation and because of my pain, my anger, and my eyes blurred with tears, I came up with my own conclusion, and I was like, God left me. But God was like, no, I never left you. I am carrying you. This reminded me of a scripture in Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. It said, my thoughts are nothing like your, sword, your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You see, God answered my prayer when I was screaming and shouting, but he didn't answer it the way I wanted him to. He answered the way he thought would be best for me, because as that scripture says, he knows what's better. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Now, there's days where I do not want to get up. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to be around people. I don't even want to come to church and serve. I just want to be stuck in my room by myself feeling sorry because everything is just falling apart. And then in that, I got reminded of this um, saying that Pastor Jason has said before. It said, choices lead and then feelings will follow. And then this contradicts the way I prefer to do things. I'm a feeler. How I wake up in the morning is how the rest of my day is going to be. But in this season, I can't do that. I have to make the choice to get up and do what needs to be done. I must choose 
what is life-giving. I have to choose to get up, go to work. I have to choose to be around life-giving friends. I have to choose to come to church and serve in the capacity that I enjoy. And if anything, after that, I feel better than what I did in the morning. And that actually determines how my day goes. I even have these two documents that I made. One I made in 2021 and the other one 2022. And when I made them, they were nice to have. It was like, ugh, you know, everybody says you should have like scriptures and things like that. And one of the, the scriptures that I added in this document were from my youth leader and the piece of paper is falling apart, as you can see. It's been a while since I've been a teen at youth. So I typed out the, the, doc, the scriptures, and they just sat there, and I'd glance at them here and there. But right now, I look at those scriptures that I typed out, and I remind myself of God's truth about me, of God's promises to me. They're on my phone. They're easily accessible, and I read them to remind myself of who God is. A well-known scripture that's in this document is Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I'm going to read it till verse 14. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I have sent you, and I'll bring you home again to your own land. Now, we are exposed to this, just Jeremiah 29, verse 11, on notebooks, on mugs. But the context of this scripture, God's people are sent out in exile. They're in foreign lands, and they're going to be there for 70 years. And God actually tells him in this portion of scripture to settle in, to get married, to have children, grow their crops, and settle in in this season. Is it possible that in this dry season where I feel that God is completely gone, that he is saying, settle in, settle in for that adventurous ride? Yes, the season might not change right now, but it will but guess what? I am there with you. In my dry season, it feels like God is gone, but I still see the miracles in my life. If I look again, although I got out of a relationship, I'm getting to know myself again. I'm investing in, in, my, in me as an individual. I'm in a second internship, but I have a source of income. I have skills. I'm learning skills that I will use later on in my life. And um, the degree that I have, although I didn't enjoy it, it gives me a foothold in workplaces. If anything, it got me this internship that I have. If you look again in your life, in your season of life where God, where you feel like you're alone, God has exiled you to a foreign land, um, what are the miracles that God is still performing in your life? They might be as small as I'm alive, I'm breathing. And that's right about it, God. But in this world where things can just change within minutes, focus on those little things and focus on the one who makes them possible. Hebrews 11 verse, um, Hebrews 11 verse 27 says, It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who's invincible, and that is God.
Your season might not change right now. If anything, it can feel long. Like the winter that we're experiencing in Cape Town. It's been feeling so long. <laughs> but finally, it looks like we're seeing a little bit of spring pop out. And that's our lives. Like, it might feel like, oh, this is long. But the season changed. I believe, I have to believe that my season will change. I want to encourage you to keep moving. God will direct you. God cannot direct a ship that's not moving. He needs you to be moving. He will direct you in the right direction. And you won't walk alone while you do that. While you're navigating this season, you will never be alone. There's currently a worship song by Hillsong Worship that has been ministering to me. And the chorus of this song is so powerful. And I've been holding on to these words because they are God's truth. The chorus says, I have never walked alone. I have never been abandoned. You are my inheritance. You are my strength and shield. And I have confidence that you go before me. You are my deliverer. And I know I never walk alone. I'll be singing this song this morning. And while I sing this song, I want to encourage you to reflect on both mine and Ryan's message. He is I am. He's the great I am. And the great I am will never let you walk alone.